Perfect. Hello beautiful people, my name is Naishi from the Cap City, Pidori Masanyin, and welcome to the Grounded and Fearless Podcast, the podcast that is just for you. On this show, we are all about spreading love, life and growth, as well as discussing popular truth. If you are new to the show, do the most, subscribe and follow. If you are a returning listener, thank you so much for the love, we really appreciate the support. And without any further ado, let's get straight to the episode. Enjoy. Hello beautiful people, a uh, quick disclaimer before the start of the episode and that is all information that is shared on today's episode does not constitute as financial advice, it's only for educational purposes. Should you require financial advice, please contact a registered financial broker. Thank you, enjoy the episode. Hello beautiful people and welcome to yet another episode of the Grounded and Fearless Podcast. On today's episode we have a phenomenal young man by the name Ivan Sambo, and he'll be sharing with us some valuable knowledge and the journey that he's been through in his uh, in this short time that he's been living. Because he the, the the knowledge he has is just so unbelievable, and the passion that he has for what he does is something that I admire so much. Ivan Sambo, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me, man. I truly appreciate it. Now, I mean, the, the pleasure is all ours. Um, would you tell us, like, who is Sa- Ivan Sambo and what is, like, your story? Uh, so, Ivan Sambo is a typical small town uh, man. I was born, raised in Nelspreet. Um, My story is, um, I always fail to uh, fully introduce myself and how to introduce myself. So, I always say, I'm just <laughs> a young man that loves... Uh, reading that loves understanding things and luckily I found investments, I found finance interesting while studying law while interested about public administrative law and I just found those two filled interesting and started creating content around it uh, so that's it, I always feel I'm not good at introducing myself, <laughs> I think that's my weakest point but as we go along with the interview I think people will pick up uh, how or what type of person I am <laughs> Yeah, I understand. I think like with that question, like tell us about yourself, is like the worst way to put someone on the spot. And you know, it's like when they ask me what's my fun fact, I'm like, guys, what is fun to begin with? <laughs> but anyway, um, you say you're studying law um, and at the University of Western Cape, and if I'm not mistaken, it's your final year. Um, can you please share and tell us like how your experience has been to where you are today? Now, so I'm doing the I'm doing the five year LLB program, right? And this is my final yeah. year. Yeah. And uh-huh. and I have to say, man, this has been one of the most amazing journey. Number one, I'm in one of the universities that is called an underdog, like one of the most underestimated yeah. universities in whole of Africa. And mm-hmm. and one thing I have to say, for the past five years I've been here, it has been one of the most amazing journey. And I've been able to build myself up as a character, as an individual, and be able yeah. to build myself yeah. up as well as a brand because of the support, because of the structure of this university. And it has been an amazing journey for myself, I have to say, and I'm truly, truly enjoying it. And I'm sad to be in my final year, but at the same time rejoicing to be in my final year. You know, sometimes we want to stay longer (laughs) in this universal space but we can't we can't we need to grow we need to spread our wings to other fields as well but man i said it's been one of the most amazing journey and i said i have to i had to build myself up as an individual build myself up as a brand within the space and the support i've received from my fellow students and it has been one amazing uh, support and one amazing journey 
No, that's awesome, man. I, I, I relate with you when you say, you know, we fall in love with, like, our universities because you don't want to leave there because there's so many memories that you've made and you've grown so much that it uh, becomes close to us and becomes part of who we are. And I, I relate with you, like, all the way, brother. And um, what would you say to a younger self? You know, there could be someone out there who is on a similar journey as you are and probably in their first or second year. So, like, what would you say to your younger self, given the opportunity? Don't change anything. Um, yeah. I'm one of those people, if you were give me an opportunity to go back in time or go back to, or take a time, uh, time machine and go to the future, I think I always choose going to the future and just enjoy life, man. I do never, yeah. ever regret <laughs> anything. And I think my younger self moving into this university, let me share a little bit of a story, uh, if you don't mind. Um, uh, I'm a little bit older than, than, than I'm a little bit older than people who are doing the final year, right? I'm 25, yeah. and techni- yeah. technically, someone doing final year is supposed to be 23, meaning I'm behind, but I'm 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 behind by two years, right? Yeah. And yeah. I always tell people those two years is two years of hard lesson I learned during my days, but I failed in primary school, yeah. and the failure that came. With that the lesson that came with me repeating grade twice when I was still in school, it sharpened me so hard. It structured yeah, yeah, me to be the individual yeah. that I am today, and I always, always, I'll never regret it. And that's why I say, like, if I had to speak to my younger self and just say, don't regret anything, embrace every single thing you've learned in life, and just keep on moving. And that, I think that's part of my story. That's part of who I am. Keep on moving, and I just appreciate that. No, thank you for sharing that story with us. I think it's it's very uplifting, you know, to know that we learn from our mistakes. And I agree with you when you say you wouldn't change anything. Because um, for me, what I believe in when I think of the past, I think that if we like the person who you are today, we shouldn't change your past. Because had you had a different past, the chances are you wouldn't be the Ivan Sambo that we know and we love today. So I think... The important thing is to accept the past and to accept its lessons and just move on and not stay in the past, but look forward, as you're saying, to go to the future and enjoy the future for what it has. Yeah, I resonate with you so much on that story. And thank you for sharing the story because I think um, you don't need to ask us about sharing because we all about sharing stories on this podcast. We want to know your story. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now I want to go into something that you're very passionate about and I want to ask you a quote or a question that I came across from the book uh, The Psychology of Money um, I, want to, I want to read the book, it's, I think it's very interesting this is someone who was reflecting on the book and the question is our attitude towards money affects the way in which we spend it so do you agree or disagree with the statement and like what is your like, can you elaborate further I believe I believe money is like any other relationship we have, right? We need to treat the yeah. same way you will treat any relationship you are going to have. So for me, the way I yeah. see money is the psychology around money is that if you are positive towards it, it's going to be positive towards you in terms of how you spend it. If you respect it True. and treat it the level of humanity, you will treat someone else, it will do the same towards you because there is a mental or psychological way that money deals with... I don't know. I don't know how to put it into psychology, but there's, a, there's that thing man, that money has toward us. <laughs> and for me, true, I tend to behave as if money is like a language. Do you understand? Because I believe we yeah. 
We use money to communicate as people. We use money to tell a story as people. We use money to document mm. our existence in this world. So that's how I see yeah. it and that's how I behave towards it. And I believe the longer or the better way you find or better way you find uh, that relationship, the better way you find how to treat that relationship, the better way you find and easy for you to spend money, the better ways you'll yeah, find, yeah. easy for you to grow money, invest money, spend money, save money, because you have a good psychological relationship to it. And at the same time, I believe that if you're willing to spend money, you're willing to earn money. <laughs> it may not make sense oh, right powerful, now, powerful. but... Can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to spend money, you're willing to grow money, you're willing to... Like, it's this form of, like, you must take it out in order for you, for it to come back. But I'm not saying we yeah. spend it. I had a thing with me. I, I'm not sure people, those who follow me on Instagram always see, I go out, I enjoy myself, and... And it has been, it's, been, it's been a culture for that the more I spend money wisely, the more so I come to me wisely and place itself in wise ways. And... I can't put the language to it. Like, literally, I can't put language to it. But that has been my psychology to it. And I believe, like, heavily believe that you must be able to do that. You must be able to have a positive relationship with money for it to stay, for it to grow, for it to come more and be willing to. But sometimes sometimes you find people are so minimalistic. Like, they want to be minimalist around money. They don't want to spend. And... They don't live life, man. Because money, as I said, money is a language. Money is a way of communicating. Money is a way of documenting your history here on earth. The more money you spend wisely, the more story you are telling, people see uh, and people be able to say, yeah, I even did one, two, three. I even did like this. I even lived like this. Because you are recording your story using money and that's how you must be able to see it. So that has been my psychology. Like money is a language. Money is a way of documenting your story here on earth and you must treat it as such and you the more you, you 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 respect it the more you treat it wisely the more you treat it humanity the more your story is positive on this world the more your story makes sense in this world the more your story is able to motivate and and positively motivate other people and i've lived mostly those people of ours who come from the township because the township has yeah, a yeah, negative yeah. a negative culture around um using mining yeah. wisely so if you're able to use it in a positive manner, your story, your documentary will be told in a positive manner as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm really like flattered by you, what you just said now. Honestly, I've never actually come across someone or anyone who's like put money in that, uh, the way you explain it now, that money is, is a language that you can use to tell your story as well, that you know, the way you use money says a lot to people. Like, it tells us who you are in some way. And that one day when you're gone, we will look at that and say, you know, nice, you did one, two, three, and stuff like that. Um, so, like, money is like a pen that you can use to also edit, you know, the, bio, the biography that you have on this world. Um, very interesting. Like, I like your way of thinking when it comes to money. Um, it reminds me of, like, I think when you, when you spoke about you need to spend it in order to receive it. I remember Steve Harvey was saying, you know, he had this motivational talk at the end of his show. He was saying he had, like, this old car parked in the garage. And then he's like, he told his mom, one day I'm going to buy a new car. I'm going to buy a new car. And then his mom is like, you'll never buy a new car because the space for the new car is occupied by the old one. So now it's like, if you are living your life without wanting to spend the money that you have wisely, 
How are you making space to receive more money because your hands are closed because you're holding on to the money you have so tightly? So I resonate with that so much. Uh, some great uh, nuggets that you're sharing there, nuggets of wisdom. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, <laughs> I think like, like the attitude towards money also comes from a lot of different places. Like sometimes it goes by how we were raised um, growing up. Um, that kind of affects the attitude and relationship we have with money. But I think it all boils down to the individual in terms of do you want to stay stagnant in life and, or do you want to expand and seek out more knowledge and grow as an individual? And um, you are very, uh, your YouTube channel like, is very diverse, and, but limited in terms of, not limited, but specific, I mean, in terms of what you produce. You produce about financial literacy, budgeting, saving, and investing, right? So I want to ask you a question then. What do you think are the challenges or why is saving and budgeting sometimes a challenging thing for some students or individuals, basically? The question touched on two fields, two different fields, which is investing and saving. I'd have to separate yeah. them. So let's yeah. start um, with in saving in general. Uh, saving is a, is a human habit. It's a human cultural thing that must be developed. It is not yeah. a thing that must be like, like taught. It can be taught, but I believe human behavior and human of doing it over and over again individually makes you better at it. The more you have experience in it, the more you see people do it around you, the more you become mm -hmm. better at it. So I think the reason young people, more specifically us black people, have a challenge with this because we're number one, we don't have access to disposable income to save, first of all. Number two, yeah. people around yeah. us never have the culture to do that because they themselves have uh, a lot of problems that they're struggling with. So saving is saving as a privilege and being seen as a privilege now mm -hmm. mentally is engraved to us that it is a privilege so we grew up knowing that thinking and knowing that saving is a privilege so that's the first two things that we need to um to fight and try to unlearn and I think the more that you start doing it, even how, how small it is, over the long term, it becomes a part of your human behavior. Because you will never master saving. You've never been able to be 100% a saver unless you practice it. You never learn, no matter how many books you read. I always tell people... Um, Books around saving are not that much helpful until you practice it and it becomes part of your normal day-to-day behavior. -day. The same way you know at what time must I have my cup of coffee is the same way you must behave around uh, uh, saving as well. So let's remove saving that's ended and ended there. But in terms of investing, I think investing is more of a gatekeeping thing. Do you understand? Yeah. Investing has so much element that have been gatekeepered and 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 kept in one group and information not shared around. But investing is all about information and the behavior itself. It's about knowing where to put your money, how to put it there, and how long must you put it there, and what is to understand before you put it there. So there's so much information needed around that. That's for many for many years around the black community, the knowledge has been gatekeeped by few people, and the rich, the poor, the rich, and the ones who are educated. And the other thing as well that around investing at the same time, the, the gatekeeping has been meant uh, meant that. If you're not educated, you're not going to understand it. And there's so much big language used around investing that that's why today I feel the need that when we talk about investing, let's simplify, let's make it easy to understand. Let's use simple English. Let's remove yeah, hard yeah. jargon. Let's make it understandable for a guy sitting 
in the corner streets of our township with zero education, able to understand what the hell is a share, how does a share work. So that's why I believe investing, before you can even talk about the behavioral side of it, is the educational side that needs to be broken down. And that's why yeah, I push yeah. the content yeah, I yeah. push, because I believe we need to simplify it to the T, to the bone, so that even CPO sitting in the corner streets of our township can be able to understand what the hell is a bond. Why do I need to buy a bond? Most of the time people think of a bond, they think of a house bond. Yeah, what the hell is a bond? How can you break it down? What the hell is equity? Why that why is equity important to everyone to have? What the hell is is is, is, is like all those things need to be broken down in a simple language and, and that's why I feel the need to do that. And that's why I believe we must be able to simplify it and we need more people to simplify this level of content, if that makes sense. It really does. So what I'm getting from you is that saving is a culture that needs to be, is a culture or a habit that needs to be developed. And you, it's something in us as human beings, but we need to be willing to learn and practice it. And um, it's difficult based on your situation because, you know, as you mentioned, the challenges that we, our parents might have um, come across growing up because of the people that depend on them. But um once you start practicing the habit of saving, it starts growing in you as individuals, just like how you know your when to have coffee or when to go to the gym if you're a fitness fanatic uh, and stuff like you that. You see, you see it like that, like that, like yeah. that. And, I, and, I, and that's one thing I really love about your YouTube content is that it's so simplified that you know, if you just give it the time and you actually listen and you take part, you can understand things better because... Um, most people that I know, like they, they'll be like, you know, if you win a million rand, what are you gonna do now? I'll invest it. And I'm like, how? And then that's where the conversation stops. They don't even know where to go to invest their one thousand rand, the two hundred rand, because you get that they tell you all these fancy terms, bonds, uh, shares, equity. Like you're like, what is all of that? And then by the time you leave there, you're like, I don't even think this is for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I really, I, do, I really admire that about you and uh, why you do it. It's really. Um, it's really a good thing, and I think we need more people to do that, as you are saying, so that we can broaden the reach and to give everyone like the, the opportunity to you know not to limit themselves, but to actually learn and to improve as an individual. Um, so now I want to put you in a scenario. Um, <laughs> uh, so my my scenario is basically this: uh, I'm a student, and I have some money left with me randomly, and I don't know what to do with it. Right? I have a hundred rand left, or whatever amount. So what do you think I should do with it? Save it or invest it and why? I, I think uh, <laughs> uh, save it or invest it. I think it's based on what goal you have. If that's extra disposable 100 rand that you mm. do not have any need for it for the next, uh, let's just say the next six months or to a year, then invest it. Literally invest it. But you have a need for it. Uh, in the next month or in the next two, three, four months or a year, then save it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first thing. When are you going to need that money back? As yeah. first, I answer that question. If it's going to be longer than a year, um, then invest it. It's going to be shorter than a year, then save it. Well, those are important two things to do. That's why I'm always against people who are like, why the hell will you save money if you can invest it and earn big money? I'm like, <laughs> investing's long term. Don't ever put money that you want to use within six months or and invest it, you'll cry. You'll cry and you'll cry uh, like you'll cry heavily. Mm -hmm. So let's just say if you're a student and you're needed under a year, then save it. Uh, above a year, invest it. And if I have to put this example, where will I invest it for myself? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I think 
I'm more of a, 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 an aggressive investor. Um, especially yeah. this year, I'm more aggressive. Last year, I used to say that more as moderate, too aggressive. I used to sit in between of moderate and, and, and aggressive. I think this year, I want to be more aggressive. So mm. I take more risk. So I think I'll pick, uh, I think I'll, if it's 100 round, maybe I'll put uh, uh, 60 round of it on stocks. Uh, yeah. Then I'll put 40 round. Then I'll put 20 round into uh, ETFs. Um, I'll choose ETFs. Uh, 20 round and the other 20 round, I'll put it into crypto. Um, I'm not more a crypto guy, but I love having crypto around. So I think 20 round will go into crypto. Another 20 round will go into ETFs, which are exchange trend funds. And I'll pick mostly an a, a international one, maybe the, ST, the, the S&P 500. Then mm-hmm. the other 60 round will go straight into domestic stocks. And maybe I'll just split around there. Um, if I had to say which stocks are in the 60 round, <laughs> yeah. let me think, let me think, yeah. let me think. Yeah, also like I'm saying which stocks in that sixty round we mean now trying to understand how how long do I want that money yeah, to be. Yeah, but if I had to pick, I would think I would go with capital. No, not capital. Gosh, why I'm mentioning capital? I'm not a fan of capital. <laughs> I will not buy capital by the way. Hey, people know me. Yeah. I'm good if you have capital, but the capital is not made for me. I, for I would think I'll go with uh, cash build. I think I'll buy shares of cash bill, I'll buy cash uh, shares of energy, I'll buy shares of uh which other company me think me think me think uh, pe- uh people group as well and lastly I'll go with Asibanya uh, still water. I think those will be the companies I will spend that sixty rand on. Yeah. That it will be based on how long I wanna invest that sixty rand. So that's it for me. I think that's how I can do it. But if it was short term things I'll just put my all that fit under trend into just saving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I think so it boils down to depending on when you need the money, if you don't need it for like over a year or you don't need it at all, if you like, you know, have that opportunity and the privilege, and then investing is the way to go. If you might need it, save it. And then, um, yeah, save it. I know save it. I'm putting it in the spot here, but we, you mentioned some heavy terms the ETFs, uh, stocks, bonds. People are like, what the hell is ETF? So. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you, if you just one sentence, or if you can just elaborate what, but like yeah, ETFs are just basically a basket. Uh, think of a basket, and then put think of that basket having different shares or different commodities or different asset yeah. classes. Let's say, for example, there's a basket that has gold under it and when you buy that basket you buy all that gold that's inside that basket and etf is basically just like can be even a basket that has shares of different companies into one so when you buy one share of that basket you buy all those shares of those companies that are under it it can be the top 500 biggest companies in america which is the s&p 500 and when you buy yeah. one yeah. share of that basket you buy all the 500 biggest companies in America, your Tesla, your uh, your Google Alphabet, your Facebook, which is aka Meta, useless name by the way, uh, whatever company it is, you're buying it <laughs> under when you buy that one basket. Yeah, that's it at ETF basically in short term. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's, I think that, I think we all understand it. Um, so thank you for explaining that. Um, so basically you say, should you invest, you'd also diversify your investments. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you can see where you can put it. And I think I also want to mention something that, you know, don't, we shouldn't take what Ivan says as like, Oh yes, oh yes, do. oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I understand what you're saying. Um, so it's very important. I think it boils down to knowing what you want to do with the money and what your plans are. And then also, should you want to invest, 
take the time, get the knowledge, read what you can, and then know what you want to put your money in. Um, okay, next one. Um, do you think uh, savings for everyone, since you said you should save? Yeah, savings mandatory for everyone. Um, this may be a hard uh, truth to swallow, but saving is mandatory for every single individual. But not everyone is born as a natural saver. Or, because I believe that two groups yeah. of people, that some people are born in natural spender. Spending comes natural to them. And there are people who are born naturally as savers. They are just good, naturally speaking, to save money. And those people sometimes they struggle a lot in terms of spending money and buying things, acquiring assets for themselves and even growing as individuals, but they always want to keep everything amongst themselves. They must keep it on to own and yeah. keep everything without even seeing a level of growth into it. So those people are also struggling like the people that people are natural spenders. But I do believe you must be able to save for yourself. You need to have an emergency savings account. You need to be able to have a level of protection and savings offers you protection. That's why I always say people never aim to invest money without having a level of protection. But when days are dark, you are going to to run and take your, 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 your investment out and you're breaking investments all long term the longer you stay in your investment the long the more money you make so if you don't have savings you end up taking money in and out of your investment so i believe heavily that our savings are mandatory for everyone and everyone must be a level must have a level of savings whether it's through an emergency a fund which is money you save up for emergency yeah. or money you save up for a specific goal but you must have savings like that's the one thing you must have. Yeah, I agree with you, and I and I think also like important just to mention that you know people be like I want if I make more money then I'll save. But my understanding is that you know if we kind of struggling to manage the little that we make, uh, it's kind of difficult to assume that you know when you make ten times more you might have the 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 knowledge and the skills because as you've mentioned earlier on savings saving is a habit that you need to train and improve on yeah. so even if you save 10 rand a day and you con consistently saving 10 rand a day when you move up in life you move up with your savings plan as well so yes 10 rand doesn't seem like much but we are for the focus is to improve the skill and the habit of saving and then as you grow up and as you move up in life you also uh, move up with your habit as well i think that's that's something i, I take away from this whole uh, conversation in terms of saving that no amount is too small to save. Do you, I'm pretty sure you agree with that. I 100% agree with you on that one. And uh, my question is like, you know, with all that you've learned and uh, the journey that you have gone through with financial literacy, um, how has all this financial literacy and knowledge impacted you as an individual? Well, that's a heavy question. Let me think. <laughs> uh, that's a heavy question. Um, I think the one big impact, the one big impact is realizing my privilege and realizing where I stand. Um, yeah. I think we all individually have a certain level of privilege that we do not recognize and we do not see. And we behave in a certain way without realizing that it's not you speaking, but it's the privilege speaking. I think over the years, creating content, creating a level of uh, 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 simplifying financial education content 
I realize that sometimes I'm speaking from privilege. Sometimes I'm speaking because I am not because yeah. of privilege of money, but in terms of the knowledge I hold that I may speak with ignorance. And that's one mm. thing I've been able to grasp by and able to check as I go along. Where do I stand? And yeah. that I think that's what that thing as well brings me down to my humanity and be able to stay rooted, stay grounded. Because like literally, the more content I create, the more level of privilege I see I have compared to my audience, compared to the people who follow me, yeah. compared to yeah. the people that consume my content. And I must be always be able to to ground myself, humble myself, so I can be able to stay in touch with what they feel, with what level of experience they have, and be able to grow. And I think that's the one thing that's been able to keep my content relevant, to be able to keep me relevant as a content creator as well. That I'm able to always bring myself down to the level of the people that follow me, to the people that subscribe to my channel, to people that uh, support and grow who I am. So I think that's one of the biggest things I have learned as a content creator is to check your privilege, like literally check it. Um, be able wow. to stay tuned and speak the language of the people that follow you, but at the same time, do not try to... Uh, how can I say put Don't try to imitate them. I think that's the one thing as well. There's difference between speaking a language of your audience and imitating your audience. Imitating the audience, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. now you become disrespectful because you're trying to cope mm -hmm. their struggle and act as if you're feeling their struggle while you're not. Yeah, so yeah. I think speaking the language is to identify that they have a struggle, they have a level of uh, this advantage that they have, then incorporate that into terms of how you speak, but do not try to take that story of theirs and make it your own. So I think that's the one the big thing I have been able to do and I've been able to learn for the past few years. No, that's very powerful. Very, very powerful that, you know, even though you grow as an individual, you always um, make sure you are aware of the fact that you are not growing away from your audience, that should someone discover your channel now, it will still be relevant to them despite how much you have improved as an individual, despite how much knowledge you have acquired that you can still help them and you can still, I think I can say, relate to them and to where they are. And I think that's something, yeah, that's you know, it's easy to overlook that and it takes a lot to actually take time to make sure that you are still in tune and you still remember why you started the journey you're on because you know it's easy to forget why when you've already started going and we're already moving and we have like we've picked up so much momentum that the momentum is carrying us sometimes that we forget the why we started the journey we are on and it's really like amazing to hear you say that it's something that you are aware of and you are working on continuously to make sure that you are still relevant and your content is still in tune with the reasons and the why you started the journey you are on. So one thing just to say, uh, at the end of the day, individually, we are all brands. Um, and to be a brand means you must be able to be in tune with your audience, whether you have content or not creating content. The fact that you are working towards a specific goal, you are a brand for that goal, and you must be an ambassador of that goal, and you must stay tuned with that goal. And 
and that's the one thing as well you must be able and be aware that the more you work towards that goal you must be able to always check how are you moving what type of audience are you moving with and what type of people are you moving with but that's time take what i'm saying as a content creator then apply it as well when you are individually speaking individually moving in your life when you're doing your career within your friend space because that also stage yeah, but sometimes yeah. you find someone that you grow up with you stay with you know but they're growing in a much more faster rate than you are and that person now doesn't become in tune with the sensitivity of what or what you are at as a friend or you are at as a group of students or you are at as a colleague and they start speaking with ignorance and i think that's why i'm gonna say it's always good to come back and check your privilege and when you speak do not offend and i i would i must be woke mm-hmm. uh be overrated wokeness i am not talking about that. i'm just talking about yeah, yeah, being yeah, able yeah, to yeah. stay humane and have the level of humanity as you speak and as you grow yeah, I think also like it's just like you say, it's being considered and being human, like understanding that obviously we all grow in different rates, we all and we also all have different journeys as well. So that also plays a role in its own. We'll be going in different journeys and you know, some people uh are not on the same journey as you as well. So you won't grow at the same pace, at the same level. And just being in tune with your privilege makes you uh reachable and you know relatable. And uh, thank you for that. I think uh, for me, like, it really resonates so much. I'm like, okay, wow, this is like some really uh, important things that one needs to check from time to time. Are you still, even though you're growing as an individual, like, do you still speak to the people that you grew up with who are not on the same level as you um, with respect of who they are and where they are? Or do you just now overlook them because you have grown so much and, you know, you're just not at their level. You know, they always say levels, you know. <laughs> you got to move yeah. up in life and stuff like that. So, yeah, <laughs> That's uh, so, true. so yeah, I think we, we just need to stay in tune with and stay in tune and be aware of our privilege. Um, so I want to ask you now um, the passion that you have for what you do. Um, I think that's one thing that struck me when I came across your content is that you speak with so much passion whenever you speak, um, you know, financial literacy, investing, budgeting, you know, you, like I see it for me, it's very obvious. And I, I just want to know, like, where does it come from? Like, what is the why behind what you do? A fun fact, I never aim to be a financial education content creator. That's not my, that's not my personal goal in life. Um, yeah. It's not something I plan to do for long run. Um, but one thing that I'm natural, I am, is a, like I love, I love, I love simplifying things. I, I think that's what got me into law. Uh, is the sense of that something must be simple to understand, must be easy to use, must be easy to consume. So I think that's where the passion comes from. Uh, it's that I just naturally love simplifying things naturally love helping naturally love being an advocate i think that's the one thing mm-hmm. being an advocate for a particular agenda being an advocate for a particular mission being an advocate for a particular uh, a struggle i think that's who i am naturally yeah, yeah. and i think for now at this point of time it's just as i believe i need to be an advocate for education financial education content and i will push it until i reach the aim of understanding another passion that i have because i don't believe in one thing i literally don't believe in being a one-rounded individual saying i want to be a doctor and help people that's me and that's me i believe that i have so much um uh, career parts to take so much yeah, qualification yeah, yeah. to have that i may even now may have this lot degree get it 
become an advocate or whatever mission I become advocate for. And next thing I may change, go to whatever, even do whatever. If it's engineering, doctor, whatever. I just believe that I'm an all-rounded individual that can embody and be an advocate for any specific cause at any specific time. So I believe that just now in this particular space in my time, this is a passion, something that I'm passionate about at now, and I will work towards to ensure it becomes bigger and better for now. And when the next passion comes, when the next mm. aim comes, when the next cause comes, I'll keep on pushing the next one. So that's the type of individual I am. I think that's why I'm able to maneuver the way I am and yeah. grow the way I am yeah. growing and just always, and it's a nice thing as well, I've always been able to keep a level of audience. I've been able to keep a level of support and build myself true, as true. a brand, as an individual brand. Because many people know me back before when I was a student um, activist. I used to be a hardcore student activist, and that was the call, the calling at that time. That was the mission yeah, at that yeah, time, yeah. and that was a cause I was fighting for at that time. And my audience, I always understood that I would always evolve. And when I evolved to this type of individual, they followed me. And and I believe I want to be that, that person. I am just an individual and always fight for a specific cause and always good at that fighting that specific cause at that time. So that's why, but at the same time, it's not just about taking different causes at once, uh, fighting and advocating for different passions at once. No. Have yeah. one thing, stick forward yeah. it at that particular time in your life, and then go to the next. I don't believe in being a master of two, of many challenges. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. nah, nah. Just one thing at a time for me. True. So I think you, you like, you don't want to limit yourself. You, you, you believe in the unlimited possibilities of the future. I think you strike me as that individual where you don't, even though you studied law, um, you don't want to think of yourself as just a law graduate, but you are open to whatever opportunities life presents to you and you are willing and ready to take them and go full force with them and just see what leads to the next thing you know and that's it's very powerful like i think we all should be open to that and also the other thing as well just to add there in that point is that i don't believe in asking how I don't believe in asking why. Like, I know this may sound crazy, but if I have an idea, I'm, you know one of those people that has an idea and just do it and fail and doesn't care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people. You, like, if you can ask my friends, ask my parents, ask people around me how many ideas I've started over the years, how many yeah. businesses I've yeah. tried... For me, I just believe you have an idea. I just do it. If I fail, okay, I fail. What the worst can happen? It's failure, it's failure. You move on. So yeah. I don't believe it asking, why must I do this? How must I do it? If I want to do it, I feel I have a good gut for it. I just go out there and I do it. I feel there's something to learn in the process. Um, like you can just ask people from the days of open uh, open campus, which is an agency I used to run. I used to like I had one time I used to host events. Like there's so many things I used to do. I just do. I just do. If I fail, what the worst can happen? Failure is just failure. What else? What else? Yeah, like I, I think <laughs> so I think that's the thing as well, man. As people don't ask why too many times because people focus on the why and the how that they end up not living. Yeah, you, we find the why on the way there. Like the why, the how. As long as if if you believe in your idea, I also think just get started. You know, once you start and once you get to the place, as you go along, you you make mistakes and you learn. You know, I think. And you find people. You naturally find people that's gonna help you along the way. Like genuinely, people yeah, just yeah. see you and see your passion, and they will genuinely come and help you along the way. Yeah, you don't and have to stress. And yeah. they'll guide you along the process, and then you can just you know get up, get the momentum as well. So. I think for me, I'm like this year. We don't, we're not collecting any L's. We're only collecting lessons. 
So we shouldn't be afraid to, f to fail because we are grounded and fearless at the end of the day. <laughs> so um, Ivan, uh, thank you so much for like, what you've shared. Uh, so now we've come to the part of the episode that I call the would you rather section. I think this is just to get to know you in a way. So I'm going to ask you like three would you rather questions and then you must choose which of the two options you prefer. Uh, if you're ready, I'll ask you the first one. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, the first one is, would you rather buy 10 things you don't need every time you go shopping or always forget one thing that you need when you go to the store? Forget one thing. Really? Yeah, I think I'll just rather forget one thing. So you don't believe in spending money for things you don't need? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, forget one thing that to buy 10. <laughs> but what what if the one thing is like a life and death situation or it's something you need? You can always go tomorrow. <laughs> I think we'll see it tomorrow. See next month. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. I I ten. Yo, that's I a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think ten is a lot. You already know how, how, like how much these things are. Uh, okay, then the, the next one. Uh, would you rather swim in a pool full of Nutella or a pool full of maple syrup? Yo, can I be honest? I, don't, I hate both of them. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is the least, least one? Which is the last, the better one? I, I think I'll go Nutella. I'll go Nutella. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 would, I don't like Nutella more than I don't like maple syrup. <laughs> but I'll choose... uh, I think I like Nutella less. Uh, I mean, I like more compared to the other. <laughs> yeah, I think... But I hate them both. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I would go with the Nutella as well because I think it's easier to wash off. Maple syrup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like I see. That one as well. That it's going to be well. a sticky situation trying to shower and remove all the syrup. Imagine your hair. Yeesh. Yo. <laughs> I don't want to be in that situation. Okay, here's the, here's the next one. Now, this is going to be interesting. Would you rather find your true love today or win the lotto next year? You win the lotto next year. So you don't, you don't believe win the lotto next year. <laughs> I would we'll deal with love later. We can buy love, don't worry, we'll buy it. <laughs> ah, so, you, so you're choosing money over love. Okay, we see. Yo, any day, any day, bro. Any day I'll choose money over love. Any day. I will buy love as we go along. You see love, love you can see you'll see love later in life. <laughs> Uh, I would still love. I'm still young, bro. Yeah. Why would I need the love of my love now? I, 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 Maybe I, you never know. I don't need your life now. ten she times better. <laughs> ten times better than no today. Did you see? Did you see the latest joke, Paul? I think it was like hundred million rand. Like that's hundred million rand, bro. Hundred <laughs> million. <laughs> so you say you, you never give away hundred million. You can't million. make me feel like a hundred million rand. <laughs> She can't make me feel like a hundred million right? Yeah, that's true. I think it's a very tricky one. I think I'll also take the money, hey? Like, hey, you can do a lot with money. Like, you can do a lot with money. You can change people's lives, man. And then they will love you as well. So, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Well, um, that's the end of the Would You Rather section. It was very fun, uh, very interesting to hear how you see things. Um, the last question of the show, uh, one of my favorite questions um, so what does grounded and fearless mean to you? Um, it means knowing where you, are, you come from. Yeah. Knowing how to impact where you come from. Mm -hmm. How to use the knowledge of where you come from 
to bow where you're going. Wow. It literally means that to me. That's very, very, it literally means very that. powerful. 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 That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Um, thank you so much, uh, Ivan, for being on the show today. Like, it's been a really informative one. Um, any last words that you'd like to say to our listeners uh, before you depart? Um, I think the last words from my side would be number one. Um, always, always, always ensure that what we, you do align with your life goals and always aligns what you think is best for you now as well. Mm. Ensure that when you spend your money, never ever overspend. At the same time, never ever overinvest or oversave. Always put money for yourself to celebrate and enjoy now. And always put yourself as well now as important because you are important. And now enjoyment must be now enjoyment. So that's the one thing that I always say to people. Uh, always put yourself first. <laughs> always put yourself first. Put your goals first. Nothing wrong with that. People say it's selfish. I call it growth. I call it growth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll definitely put ourselves first. Self-love before everything else. And yeah, thank you so much for having us, Ivan. And to all our listeners, um, I'll attach ah, Thank you so link. much for having me. Oh, pleasure is all ours. And I'll be attaching the links to his YouTube account. So please go and check it out. Some great content there. So much to learn from him. And if you want to follow him, his Instagram account will be attached down below. Do the most. Uh, show Ivan some love. As w That's what we do here at Ground and Field. We promote love, growth, and life. So Ivan, thank you so much. And with that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and being part of the show today. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow and also leave a review as this helps us improve the show and we are then able to deliver better content for you to listen to and enjoy. And we ask So until we meet again, adios.